You are here for the Ira Wow Your Boss. Talk about Ira as an accommodation session, if that's what you're here for. Thank you. You're in the right place. If that's not what you're here for, stay anyway, because it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and you're going to want to learn about Ira. Um, let's, let's see. I'm Paul Schrader. I am the policy person at Ira, so I focus on public policy and government issues. And I'm joined here today by Rebecca Bridges, who Good is time. going to be talking a little bit about Ira and employment. Say hey. Hello. I'm <laughs> Rebecca Bridges, and I'm from Arlington, Virginia. And we're so glad she's here. Um, so thank you for, for that. Um, I think if, uh, my colleague in crime, Janine Stanley, has been pulled into another session as we were double booked. So um, you've got Rebecca and me. And if Mike, are you in the room yet? I know Mike is on his way. Uh, one of our other Irons uh, who are here <laughs> this week, uh, Mike Assire, who will be helping us a little bit uh, with the microphone running when there's questions and discussion. For anyone who is doing the continuing education, we do have an opening code. I don't know if anyone is, but I'll just give it to you. It is A6016. That's A6016. Um, and that's the code you'll need. And then at the end, we'll give you an op a closing code in case anybody is doing the continuing ed uh, sessions for today. So we're here to talk about accommodations, uh, but let's first get a couple of things done. How many of you are IRA explorers? You're using IRA? Clap your hands, yeah, for those. It sounds like we've got some people we can convince. How many of you are IRA guests using IRA in the free areas like the hotel and convention? All right, we got some of those. How many have not yet dived into IRA? That's all right. All right. That's all right. Yeah. You're the ones we want to talk to. Um, nope, we're, we're going to talk to all of you. And, and hopefully the, that last group will be convinced that this is something worth your while. Um, we're here in the exhibit hall as well, booths 9 and 10, if you want to come by and, and see us. One of the things, um, I'll come back to this in a little bit later in the session, but one of the things we are saying to you is you will want to download the IRA app if you haven't already, and you'll want to make a call on that app to become active. So you can download it here, of course, and you can make a call free because this whole area, the hotel and convention center, both hotels and convention center are IRA access. That means within those physical locations, your calls to IRA are free. So if you're an explorer, you're not using your own minutes, but thank you for being an explorer, and you've got minutes available to use at your discretion after you leave the convention. If you are a guest or just getting IRA for the first time, you can use it for free uh, because we've designated these as access locations. It's part of our partnership with ACB, a partner that we very much value. Tonight, Suman Kanyaganti will be speaking to the organization and sharing some information about Ira. I'm going to scoop him on one thing a little bit later uh, that he'll be sharing tonight, but it's something I think you'll want to know, and it's why you'll want to download the Ira app and have it uh, running. Um, on tomorrow, we'll have an Ira access discussion. So actually a lot more detail when I say there's a, that these hotels are Ira access locations. We're going to go into detail about what that means tomorrow, right in the same room at 4... 
15, I think. 415? Yes. Thank you. Um, glad somebody pays attention to schedules. It'd be helpful if I did. Um, and then um, Monday night, our Explorer Party, and we welcome all of you, new, veteran, whichever, uh, as IRA Explorers. If you've got the app on your phone, you've used it, um, we'll, you are welcome to join us at the Riverside Lounge uh, at 6 o'clock to 8.30 Monday. Okay, so those are the general announcements. Let's dive right into talking about IRA and employment. First thing I want to do is make sure that you know that IRA is available to help you find employment. A little over a year ago, our founder, Suman, who you'll hear from tonight, decided that he wanted to do something meaningful to attack the unemployment issue that bewitches those of us who are blind or visually impaired, really all disability community, um, unfortunately, um, but, but us in particular. And his goal, given that we sort of commonly say the unemployment rate for people who are blind is 70%, and it's been that for a very long time, and there's lots of statistics about how you measure unemployment, but the fact that the number of people not working hovers at that level or even higher. And his goal was to bring that 70% down to 7%. Using IRA, yes, but also hoping that we could leverage partnerships with other groups like ACB who care a lot about this issue and find other ways to try to address employment. So we're all focusing on that. It's a huge focus of IRA. And one of the ways that he made that a real meaningful contribution was to inaugurate in February of 2018 this employment program so that our IRA explorers, those of you who are subscribers, you have a plan in place, could use minutes to find a job and everything related to finding and preparing for employment for free. So those minutes would not count against your um, monthly subscription. Those minutes are, were minutes that IRA would contribute to you and to the betterment of all of us in terms of finding employment and activities. Now, we talked a lot about this this morning in our session on employment uh, and, finding, and job finding. So we're not going to focus so much on it this time, but I wanted to share, make sure you knew about it, that pro program is still in place. So for those of you who haven't yet signed up for IRA and who might be interested in either finding a job or finding a better job, you know, if your boss isn't in the room, you could admit to us that you want to find a better job um, and use IRA for free to help you do that. We've served almost 400 people in that program. Just under half of them have found new jobs or better jobs. Um, so we've got a nice record. And that's, and that's, in a sense, in a program that we kind of spun up without a whole lot of support behind it, meaning we didn't necessarily partner with other organizations and do some of the things that we're eventually going to do to really build that into a, a more robust program. What we said was we're going to use free minutes, we're going to let you decide how you want to use them, uh, and we're going to you know, help you connect with our agents uh, to, to find any means that you can or want to to get around the employment barriers, whether it's formatting resumes, getting through online job sites with CAPTCHAs and other barriers, mm -hmm. um, or picking out the right clothes. Uh, for your interview, if, you, if you're going to an interview, uh, or using uh, rideshare, getting uh, Uber or Lyft set up, finding the actual location so you're not stressed out going, oh my God, what address, where is the address um, on this block, um, any of those things. So, so that's the program, that, that is a program that we have, it's a program that's available. 
Um, I'm going to talk about two others, and then I'll come back to our focus today. We, if you're a small business owner, we have a program in partnership with Intuit that allows you to use Ira again, free minutes, for anything related to the running of your business. So that could be all of the uh, forms and other things you need to do and file to get your business registered or to deal with suppliers. It could be uh, checking inventory. Maybe you're a, a vendor or running a, a program that you, that, you that you have products in place. So checking inventory, expiration dates, all those things where visual access could be meaningful. That's available to you thanks to Intuit. And one that I always like to count in my mind as part of our contribution to employment, and that's our back to school program. With that program, AT&T has helped us to put IRA in the hands of college students who are using IRA in the classroom, in and around the campus, to do everything from academic work to the fun activities that are really part of that college experience for so many of us. And IRA is there to support those activities for these students. And so we certainly hope that we've, we've already seen IRA contributing to those students pursuing, uh, staying in their programs, pursuing their programs, and we certainly hope it will lead to uh, better employment opportunities at the end. Uh, of the activity. Now, today, this afternoon, we're going to talk specifically about accommodations, use of IRA at the workplace. That's why I've asked Rebecca to join us because she's got some experience in that regard. And IRA, from its outset, a little over two years ago when we started having individuals subscribe, people have used IRA in their workplaces. But in my mind, not enough. And there's been some barriers to that, and we'll talk about that. I think there's also been some uncertainty about, well, what does this mean? So I, I should have said this at the outset, since so many of you have IRA, but for the few of you who don't, as you, as you likely know, the concept is to use your phone camera to connect with a sighted agent. Those agents are trained by IRA, paid by IRA, background checked, and all that. Um, and so you connect with IRA via the app, um, and your phone camera becomes a video portal uh, for that agent to be able to see and provide information of any kind of visual nature that you might need, uh, that, that, that they're able to detect through the camera. Everything from reading to color detection to what's around to uh, where's the lilac room uh, and all those important things. Um, some of us have, have even used Ira to pick up after our dogs. Uh, and, and I, you know, I think it's funny. I apologized to an agent once for that, and I said, you'd be surprised how many times we're doing this. So it's apparently become, become fairly common. Um, uh, the, the thing that's, that I want to stress as we get into talking about Ira as an accommodation is that People have used IRA at the workplace from the outset, but I think there's been kind of a misconception, and we probably contributed to that a little bit too from some of our early videos. And, and if you haven't had a chance, you should check the YouTube channel. There's a lot of cool IRA videos. Um, we've got a, a guy who helps us make videos, and he's just masterful at putting together a story in a minute or two of video on what IRA can do. Um, and that's from transportation to... Uh, shopping to, yes, employment. And so I think the misconception that people had from the outset is that IRA is a great navigation tool. It is that, but it's a lot more than that. And I think people, 
I would talk to people in vocational rehabilitation, for example, and they would say, well, if I have a client who needs IRA for travel, I'll certainly look at that. And I would sort of shake my head and say, well, what about all the barriers that they're going to confront in the workplace, including finding that job to start with and finding the information, and then in that first two weeks when even the best employer hasn't got the accommodations fully set up, how does that person make sure they're hitting the ground running with access to all of the things they need, all the training content that's, that every new worker probably has to go through and that probably isn't fully accessible, may not be at all accessible because it's often a third-party thing that the employer doesn't even have that much control over. Um, and so all of that stuff that people kind of forget about that is key to the experience of those of us who are blind or visually impaired. As I said, even under the best of circumstances, accommodations don't land typically at our uh, fingertips when we start a job. Um, just to give you a couple of pieces of uh, kind of data, as we've run our employment program, and this is kind of looking broadly across what people are doing with the 70,000 or so minutes of time that they've used related to the employment program that we've designated that. Now there's probably other minutes in there uh, that we designated for other things but that are work-related. 31% of those tasks are accessing visual information. That runs the gamut from reading print and printed material to getting past touch screen, using a touchscreen device and getting past those barriers and challenges that uh, are often there. Uh, reading signs and so you know, that's kind of a cross between navigation and work accessibility. 25% has strictly to do with digital accessibility, and this has a lot to do with the employment setting. Taking photos of receipts so you can upload them for your reports, uh, filling out time systems and other things that are often not uh, fully accessible. Um, that's 20, and then only 13% is strictly speaking navigation um, using IRA to uh, access transportation, access rideshare like Lyft and Uber, find the job site or job address. And so, as you can see from that, there's a wide range of activities that our folks are doing with IRA. Um, let me stop here for a second, and before we get into some of the details of what folks are doing, I'm going to ask Rebecca to talk about the details of how she's used IRA on the job. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. So, again, I'm Rebecca Bridges, and I, um, just to give you guys some context. Um, I was in Reno a couple years ago and I uh, came upon Ira as I was going through the exhibit hall and they said, oh, do you want to try this? And uh, they put some glasses on me and uh, I had to use Sumon's device, I think, <laughs> actually. And uh, he lent me his and so off we went, and Agent Jessica was describing all the things in the exhibit hall, and I thought, for the first time, I was able to independently, seamlessly navigate um, the zoo of the exhibit hall. I mean, we all know what that's like, right? It's nuts in there. <laughs> and so just walking up and down the aisles with ease and hearing, this table is this, on your left is this, on your right is this. And I was so impressed that I went back to my, I went back to our room and I told my husband, we're gonna, I'm gonna sign up for this. <laughs> and we're going to, we're gonna do it, we're gonna sign up. And so I started out as a paid subscriber um, to IRA. And I used it for a multitude of things, including shopping, taking pictures of my son, taking pictures of my dog, uh, <laughs> I mean, navigating, um, 
you know, I use it, you know, personally to help with my son's homework. Believe it or not, preschoolers have homework. Um, and, and they have lots of looking at the shapes on paper. And it's all in print, of course. Um, and so we had uh, many agents who spent some time helping us with homework and different things. And there's such a multitude of the ways you can use IRA. And I think one of the challenges is that we've all lived a long time without IRA. So sometimes we forget that we have IRA. And we forget, we don't think about, oh, IRA could help me with that. Like, I, I do that all the time. We're so used to kind of fumbling around, you know, and we forget that IRA is there. Like, my thermostat, right? You can call IRA, and they'll help you with your thermostat. They'll help you figure out in your hotel room, you know, you know the, the, the days of, you know, taking all your little bottles into your shower and figuring out what lathers on your hair. <laughs> Those are gone. <laughs> you can use Hira before, before you even get there. So, I mean, the, the uses are endless, but I'm not here to talk about that today. I'm here to talk about using Ira as an employment accommodation. And so about a year ago, about a year and a half ago, I, um, and I also used Ira in the workplace before um, it became an accommodation for me. Um, I st when I started out with Ira, I was a paid subscriber. I worked for a management consulting firm. I was the only blind person there, um, and I used Ira, you know, to help me on websites that were troublesome. When I was working with client, you know, client sites that I couldn't access or different things, uh, captchas are a big one, um, and some printed matter. I did use them on the job uh, just as a paid subscriber. But about a year and a half ago, I took a job with uh, the Passiello Group, who is a division of Vispero, an affiliate of Vispero. And about a year ago, um, they, uh, Vispero decided, they partnered with Ira, and they uh, decided, hey, we're going to give Ira as, a com as an accommodation to all of our blind employees. And what a benefit that is. I mean, that's exciting stuff. That they would that they would commit to that, and uh, provide that as an employment accommodation, and you know what? Even if your company doesn't do that, like let's say that, you know, it's still and I and Paul can talk about this maybe how you can you know get your employer on board and talk to them about Ira. I had a pretty easy road of it because, you know, my my company committed to that, and they said, hey, all you blind folks, we're gonna get you signed up with Ira. And it, it's tremendous. And so just I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the ways that, that I use IRA um, in the workplace. Um, and then I'd love to, you know, we'd love to hear, you know, questions or, or thoughts from, from you guys as well. Um, so most, most recently, um, I've been, my job, I am a senior project manager. And so what that, that could be all kinds of things. But what I, primarily what I do is, so the Passiello Group, we are an accessibility consultancy. So we work with clients, um, organizations to advise them on the accessibility of their, their digital assets. So anything from apps to kiosks to websites. We help them um, work through accessibility barriers and figure out, okay, what do you need to do to fix, uh, fix these assets so that people with disabilities can access them. 
So my role is to kind of liaise between those clients and my engineers. So I have a team of folks who work with me on projects who support my clients. Um, sometimes, though, I get to have fun and I get to do some accessibility work. I am not an engineer. I'm just a JAWS power user. Um, so, but sometimes I get to play with toys and break things. Um, so um, most recently, I think one of the most awesome business cases for IRA was that I had a client who had, they said, we have this data, data analytics application, and we know it's not accessible. Um, we know that, and so we were, we were hired to basically be that third party that told them, hey, your stuff isn't accessible and you need to fix it. Um, so as part of that, we built a series of scenarios or user journeys that someone with JAWS needed to walk through. And this is not a website. This is a Windows desktop application, which is very visual in nature. We knew that they're going in that there weren't that many steps that I was going to be able to accomplish as a blind JAWS user. But we wanted, we decided, we're going to force the issue and we're going to document which things we needed sighted assistance with and which things we didn't. And in order to do that, so rather than just say, hey, this is broken and doesn't work, we wanted to provide more details. So I told my, um, I told the, the guy that I was working for on the project, because this wasn't the pro one, this was not a project I was managing. This is just something that I volunteered to help with. Like, hey, you use JAWS. Why don't you get in there and break stuff and tell them what works and what doesn't? So this was a very, there were 10 user journeys that we had to go through. And so I told uh, the project manager I was supporting, I said, you know, and, I, and we work remotely, so there's no office. There's nobody, I can't just go down the hall and say, I, mean, I work out of my house, and my husband is blind, and my, the only other sighted person in my house is my four-year-old. <laughs> and love him, but he is not going to be very helpful um, in this instance. So um, we, I decided, you know what, we have Ira as an accommodation, so I'm going to work virtually through... Um, the other thing that Paul didn't mention, um, Ira has a partnership with Vespero uh, and Freedom Scientific specifically to, with JAWS. So if you need support, if you're a JAWS user, you can download this application called Team Viewer. And this allows an Ira agent to remote into your machine. Okay, and that is very cool. Team Viewer is free. You just go to teamviewer.com slash downloads, and it is awesome. Within seconds, you give, your, you give the IRA agent um, your, a user ID and a password that shows up on your screen when you open TeamViewer, and then they're in your machine. And so what we did was I would call IRA uh, using my phone, and I would you know, put my phone down and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And I explained to them, and I sent them the user journeys we were going to walk through so they could understand what the heck was going on. And we literally stepped through the application together. So if there were things, there are like all these menus and trees and weird stuff that I couldn't get to. So they would have to click into something with a mouse and then maybe I could get to the context menu and access the, the control. Um, and then they, maybe I could or couldn't read a chart and they would explain to me what was on the machine. And this took a series of probably eight to, t eight to 12 hours total 
maybe more to walk through. Now, I didn't do it all at once. My God, those agents would have <laughs> killed me. Um, one, of, one of the challenges in that is that you do, when, you wanna, when you're using IRA for that long, you do want to check with the agents to make sure, how much time do you have? <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, I would pretty much do one or two use cases at a time with an agent. And we would go through, and they, together we tag-teamed and navigated, and I would write down the things I could do and document the things that I couldn't. And they would explain to me what was on the screen and how what they were seeing. And then I could, you know, document that experience. But there is no way, I mean, think about it. If, you, if you're an IRA subscriber, and let's say you'd have to have an unlimited plan to use that much uh, uh, time of an agent. So that, I mean, that's one, that's one way that I use IRA in the workplaces to, to do that. Um, other things I do is that when, um, for systems that are inaccessible that I do have to get to uh, for my job, um, I, IRA helps me. We either use TeamViewer or we uh, kind of go in separately, but the TeamViewer thing is huge. Um, another thing is when I, when I do travel, I don't travel as much as I used to um, on my current job, but when I do travel, um, I use IRA to take pictures, as Paul mentioned, of my receipts. Um, and they, then I can upload them into my expense reports. So they'll send them to me and they're all nicely labeled. The other thing is, again, I work remotely. I'm alone in my house um, or where my coffee shop or wherever I am. And I can use, um, I can use IRA to help me format a document. Um, because just because we're blind doesn't mean we want to submit something that looks yucky, right? We want something. We want something pretty. We want it to look nice. So when I'm putting something together, whether it's for my team internally or whether it's for a client, I want to make sure that it's formatted properly. Like, did I do I have the right? Is the logo in the right place, or is it like in, up in some weird corner where you can't see it? Like sometimes when you paste something in, you're like, I don't know what that did. Um, <laughs> so Ira is a huge help in making sure that the documents look nice and, and you can email the agents back and forth and they can get you, um, get you a nice looking document. And it doesn't, it's amazing how quickly you can do something like that and the time that it saves. I remember you know, teaching myself to do all those formatting funky stuff with Word and PowerPoint and that stuff can take a really long time. And the time that it saves and the, I can't stress how much of a productivity increase there is with just that virtual set of eyes. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in saying, man, I just really need somebody to take a look. Like, I don't have an admin. I don't have somebody over my shoulder that I can just say, hey, uh, can, you, can you do that? And I think it's great to be able to have somebody almost outside of your workplace that can help you do these things so that you're, you're not asking someone else at your, at your company to do that, and you know, you're you're in, you're operating independently um, to do to do those kinds of things, and obviously, I use I use Ira when I do travel to navigate airports and, and hotels and things uh, where needed. I'm trying to think of some other. Um, I know some of my like if you need like a picture of your photo ID or a picture of your insurance card or whatever. I mean, they'll they'll do that too. Um, I mean, there's just so many, it's, it's endless, and so uh, the, the opportunity. But I definitely, IRA is something that really is a game changer, and it's something that we should, I mean, it's, it's been a huge 
time saver and life saver for me. And all of the agents are very professional. Um, there are you know, confidentiality protocols in place um, for the agents that they have to, uh, that they have to follow. Um, and Paul, you know, maybe can talk a little more about that. But I will just stop rambling now and just. <laughs> no, this is great. You know. This is great. I'm going to just say a few more words, and I want to open it up. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah, let's give her a round of applause. Um, I, I was so delighted when Rebecca said she would be willing to come because I knew she had good stories. And I also knew she was somebody unlike me who's actually learned a lot of the techniques to be, be a power user um, of, her, of JAWS and of the technologies that are available to us. And even so, can point out that the, just the flat-out reality is that there are times when it's simply faster and more efficient. There, look, there are some advantages to being able to see a whole page at once, um, particularly for formatting, you know, to spot the problems. Yes, we could find them, but it would take a while. Let me say a couple things about agents, and, and then I'm going to walk just very quickly through sort of an accommodations journey, and then we'll open it up. And I want to say, for those of you who contribute today, either with a question or with a, an example of your own uh, IRA accommodation story, good or bad, you know, you may have had an employer who said no. Um, you may have had a situation where IRA didn't work for something you needed. We need to, we need to hear those too. But anyone who contributes, now my, my colleague Mike is in the back of the room. He has, in honor of this being the flower city, a flower to provide for you. And that flower will get you at the IRA booth something either some swag or perhaps something related directly to Ira, depending on which flower you get. So um, that's your incentive to actually speak up um, so that it's not just Rebecca and me filling all the time. Um, agents, they are, we consider them to be the backbone of Ira. Um, everybody who's used Ira has great agent stories. Um, they're wonderful, amazing people. I don't know how they put up with grumpy people like me, but they do. Um, and they're, and, they're, and they're delightful, right? And look, they do everything from the mundane, the, the picking up dog poop, to hiking in some of the most amazing places, sightseeing in cool places, and then just all the stuff in between, the reading forms and filling out online material, managing PowerPoints and all of, all of that stuff. And they do it gracefully and they do it effectively. Um, so we... First of all, we recruit our agents carefully. Um, we obviously get a lot of agents, but only very few or applicants, but only very few are actually accepted. Um, we background check them carefully because we know they will be doing things, uh, working with people with personal information, in some instances professionally privileged information, uh, and that needs to stay confidential. So we want to make sure we have agents who have good, clean background checks. Um, we drill it into them that, they, that this is a confidential job. They are not to speak about it, talk about it with others outside, uh, uh, other than their analyst at, at IRA if they need some help with something. They are not to speak about their, their, the work they do with individuals, certainly. Um, and they certainly can't share any of that information. And the last thing you should know is when, you're, when you finish an IRA session, all the information goes away unless you ask the agent to take a photo for you and to share it with you. So the agents can do that. They can take pictures, as Rebecca mentioned, um, of, of Tyler and uh, of, of the dog. And uh, you probably have them share them with you so you oh, yes. can then pass them on to all your friends and family. 
uh, and that's fine. And you know, they can do that as Rebecca mentioned with receipts as well. So the, they'll, you know, I think probably people like seeing pictures of Tyler more than they like seeing pictures <laughs> of a receipt. But yes. what are you going to do? Uh, and and but unless you ask for that, all that information goes away. So the agent doesn't have access to the session after it's done, um, which is important to know. Um, the journey. We've covered most of this, but when you think about it, the, the workplace has a lot of components to it. So we, at the outset, I talked about finding a job, but once that's done, there's all of the stuff that happens on a daily basis, going to an unfamiliar location, uh, whether it's in your, your office building or meeting site or going to another part of the community, traveling for work uh, outside of your community, all these unfamiliar locations. Can we do this independently? Of course we can. Can we sometimes do it a lot more efficiently if we've got assistance to find those visual signs and things that were not developed for us, but for people who can see? You bet we can. And that's something that Ira can certainly make far more efficient, quickly finding everything from the meeting room or the office where you need to meet somebody to the uh, address across the country uh, where you're traveling to. Using equipment, we've talked a little bit about this. A lot of places are going to kiosks and directories that are, there's not somebody to ask. You have to be able to look at a display uh, and read the visual signage on that display. And typically these aren't accessible. Even access points to get into uh, a building, things that you have to trigger with a pass. Screen reader malfunctions, it does sometimes happen. And it happens always at an inopportune moment. I'm not really sure when an opportune moment is for a screen reader malfunction, but there's lots of inopportune ones. And it's, it's when you're in a hurry. Typically, it's when, at least in my case, I'm going to make a mistake, hit too many keys, and all of a sudden things are not working the way that they're supposed to. Uh, and that's where you, know, you want to find a pair of eyes to try to figure out what's going on. IRA is that, as we've heard. But there's also all the other miscellaneous machines, the printers, the copiers, the fax machines. Yeah, there are still some people who use them uh, hanging around. And they're probably 80% of the time, you're not going to run into one that's accessible. Slowly but surely that's changing, but slowly. All that printed material, some of it is available electronically, some of it can be scanned, but a lot of it isn't easily doable or you might not have the tools to do that. So there's managing all of that material as well as just flat out organizing it. So even if you are gonna scan it, it's helpful to be able to organize what you really wanna look at and what you really don't care about. Training content, I talked about this earlier, how often uh, we're put into worksite training and uh, the training material is not accessible, the online course that we're supposed to take is not accessible. Um, but the same is true for, for some of the in-person meetings, be they training or presentations, right? How many times have we been the blind person sitting there saying, I'm sorry, can you read what's on your slides? And about three times through, you're annoyed at yourself for having to say it, and you're really annoyed at the person for not doing it, and nobody's having a good time, and you're not getting the information you need. And so IRA is a perfect good use case in these environments where charts and slides, and even if they are reading them, sometimes it's good to be able to go back uh, and, you know, just as sighted people are, to look at what was on that material. This is a good time to use IRA messages uh, where you can text to your agent, and they can text back to you if you want them to or uh, just you know, speak to you audibly through a headphone or whatever. But it's a good place to text in the meeting um, you know, things like, you know, how ticked off is my boss seeming to get at me at this point? Um, so you can kind of read that. Or what's on that chart? Finding an open seat in a room, really cool thing, right? How many times have we kind of thrashed around looking for that? So let's see if we've got some questions, comments, people who want to share. 
we'll take Rebecca's mic, I think, and Mike will run it. And as I said, if you have a question or a contribution to make, you will get a rose. They are roses, right, Mike? All right, so we got some questions? I didn't see who went first, but let's, let's start here. And go ahead and say your name just for fun, or anyone's name. You could just make up a name if you wanted to. Good afternoon. This is uh, Susan Crawford, Sue Crawford. Hey. Hey. Thank um, you for joining. Well, sure. I'm sorry I got here late. Um, and I use IRA, we use it both personally and I also use it at work. And I work for the federal government. And I really do appreciate having IRA as a reasonable accommodation. I had requested a reader, and then that just never happened. You know, I mean, for, for like one reason after another. I mean, you know, bureaucracy, you know, reigned supreme. So um, I went to a 508 conference. IRA was there. So I knew they were on the GSA schedule. It took a couple of, a couple of things to get it going, but it really is good. Um, and, and I really do appreciate it. So um, one of the things personally I use IRA for is IRA came along right about the time that I no longer could read even with the best magnification. And, um, and so for paying bills, especially those, like you get the bills, that, you know, you had some blood work done and you owe $3.88 kind of thing. And they're great. They'll send me an email and put down the name of the company, the invoice number, and how much, and, and the phone number, and I'll call them and pay it by phone. But at work, I use it quite a bit, and they read, um, they read a fair amount of cases um, that are, especially stuff that's handwritten, and they're always good about, you know, I'll say, would you please destroy this as soon as we hang up, because this is very confidential material. So I found it to be quite good that way. So... Um, yeah, so I can't say enough good things about it because I would still be without a reader if, if it weren't. Susan, do you have, do you have a, how many, how about how much during a day would you use IRA? I'm sure it varies, but what's the, what's your sort of in, at work? Well, it does vary quite a bit. I, I think one of my biggest problems is um, we have a performance review a system called Encompass that we use, uh, mm. developed by Treasury, so our agency doesn't have much say about it that's very difficult that's very time intensive um but but um but basically what the agency has done is it's a 200 minutes a month plan you know so you you know i portion it accordingly but i'm coming coming up to the end of the year it's going to be really intensive because i have to load all the end of the year you know final performance reviews into the system so so i'm sorry but it's a 200 minutes a month is the right. plan yeah, and, and that, uh, do, we, do we have a flower for Sue, Mike? And, yeah. and what I had not thought of, and thank you, is printers. Because, of yeah. course, the pr now to use a printer, I had to put in my badge, and then I had to put in my code, and then I had to do all the other stuff you want to do for what you want to do in terms of scanning or whatever. And then I want to be able to look to see, because I don't have my own printer, we share it, yep. is this what I printed or is this someone else's yeah. material? And so that's a really good suggestion, and I will use that. So, thank you. Yeah, that is uh, that is true. Uh, it's not it's not just the printer itself. It's it's checking the output too, right, to make sure that that's you know, that's what you thought it was. I've heard of some people. I mean, I think there's. I would like to see this accepted. Um, a lot of people, you know, there's concerns about 
voting, voting machines, right, and voting accessibility and moving to a paper ballot, but at the very least ensuring that your machine has a printout. But that's, again, the machine may be accessible, but we don't have an, a way of checking the printout unless you can look at it with IRA to make sure that it actually printed what you thought and didn't have, suddenly have a bunch of Cyrillic letters in it. So, oddly, I don't know why that would happen. But, um, so, other questions? Comments, contributions. We'll go, we'll go to the back here. In the All right, we're, we'll get a, we'll get around to you. Just uh, we're, we're Mike is Hello? making his way around. Yeah. Can All right, you say me? your name, please. This, no, the no, person with the microphone. This is Olivia. I'm from I, El Paso, and I had an opportunity to use Ira at the airport, and it was very enlightening. <laughs> I didn't realize all the everything that's around, and what I really like best is that when I'm sitting, waiting, sometimes for hours, as many of us do, you can independently get up, find the restroom, find the bar, find, you know, just anywhere, and you don't have to wait around. I've, I've waited, you know, sometimes to where it was almost an emergency <laughs> mm. uh, to do something. Uh, to, and I've used it here at the hotel, and I was a little bit nervous to just do it alone, I did ask a guy to come with me, and I said, I'm going to have this IRA thing going and see how that works. And it was great. He says, you're coming to some stairs going down. And I'm like, yay, because sometimes people just say, you're coming to some stairs, and all of a sudden, whoops, you, you didn't know which direction they were going. Anyway, my question is this. I work out a lot at gyms. And the equipment is very inaccessible. So would this work at the gym if I showed it to my uh, Stairmaster or EF, you know, EFX? Yep, absolutely it would. Uh, right. I mean, we're getting a lot of affirmations around the room here. I do that all the time uh, with IRA and looking at displays uh, for getting exercise equipment up and right. running, um, which you know, saves me a lot of frustration back in the day, right? We'd all, well, first of all, I would usually use the treadmill because it's the one thing you knew when it was actually moving, right? So you, mm -hmm. you knew when you found the button, the secret button right. uh, to get it moving. And, uh, but now, you know, actually uh, you can have more control and yeah. deciding what equipment to use and also f all the other functions that typically we don't have access to, including calories and time and things of that mm -hmm. sort. Um, yeah, good good point. And a lot of people love the airports. Uh, that's been a that's been yes. a real. You know, we're going to talk some more about IRA access yes. as I mentioned tomorrow, and airports will certainly be part yeah. of that conversation. And, and one more thing, how about um, is there a way to like get a service by the hour or because uh, sometimes you know I don't need it like always, but it would be nice that they say okay, you have three hours and use it, you know, as as you wish, but it doesn't run out at the end of the month. Like so this is a good time to share the one scoop I'll share with you that Suman's going to talk about tonight, but I'm going to tell you now. Um, this is why you'll want to either have, for those of you who are explorers, you're, you're, you're covered, you're good. For those of you who are just getting started, you'll want to have an active account. That means you'll have the app downloaded, you'll have made a call, uh, maybe even signed up to start an account here in the next month or two. This fall, we're going to be announcing a free tier for IRA. Uh, so that everyone will have access to free IRA. Uh, the only thing left for us to decide is how we're going to allocate that and manage it to make sure we can, but we know we can. We have enough experience now with the program to know that we can confidently offer our community a free tier of service for IRA. So exactly what you were just talking about, so you know 
you don't have to worry about it. You know, you've got you know, X number of calls in the day and X number of minutes, uh, but more, most important, uh, you know, a couple of calls that you can use for free. Uh, so that if you need it, it's always going to be there for you and ready in an emergency situation. And for those who know they need more, yeah, we'll have, we'll have paid access to give you access to those higher numbers of minutes to use uh, either for all the recreational activities or whatever or to use in your workplace if your employer's picking it up. But we're going to have free tier service, and that's going to go uh, initially uh, for a while to people who are active, so our explorers and others who have actively started using the IRA app. So you guys will be the first ones to have access to it. So that's, I know Suman's going to talk a little bit about that tonight, but that's what's uh, coming up soon. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, so what else we got for questions? I know we had somebody up front, and I don't know what else. Several up front over here. Okay. See if you've got the mic, tell us your name and give us your, give us your contribution. Uh, my name is Anthony Corona. Um, I live in New York. Backstory real quick. Um, I've been working since I'm 14, and I lost my eyesight three years ago. And I've only voluntarily been out of work maybe three months the entire, my entire life um, until... I lost my sight, and now I'm, I've been interviewing for about a year, and I haven't found anything, and that's never, ever been my experience. So I'm kind of wondering, with, this, with the employment the, um, program that you're running, do you have supplemental material that we can offer? Because we have to sell ourselves in an interview as a normal, as a sighted person. But now we're triple. Now I triple have to sell myself as, um, you know, as a uh, sight-impaired person. Uh, do you have supplemental material to offer to employers? That's the first question that I want to ask. So we would invite you to, we don't, we don't have a lot of sort of brochure-y kinds of things in that sense, but we would certainly invite you to have any prospective employer check out um, Ira's website as well as YouTube videos. I know of people who have actually used IRA in an interview set type setting where they said, where there was a conversation about, well, what are you going to do when you're confronted with these kinds of challenges? And they've said, well, let me show you. Um, and there's nothing better than that, right, to just show off what this technology is capable of delivering. So I would suggest one of those two. I don't know if, Rebecca, if you have another thought on ways to, uh, to uh, inform employers about what the capability you bring to this is. Yeah, you can grab this one at the podium Sorry. if you want to. Figure out where it is. It's right to your left. Right. Yeah, so well, uh, sorry. Well, not necessarily. I think to Paul's point, one of the things that we, you know, like it or not, we have to come prepared for show and tell. You know, we have to show up to a job interview and say, you know, I have, this is how I... You know, I use a computer with a screen reader. Um, I have a screen reader on my phone or a magnification device on my phone or whatever it is. We have to kind of come prepared to show employers what we, what we can do. IRA is one way to help with that. Um, but I think that's, I mean, you raise a, a good, you know, an important question. I know that, like, you know, ACB and American Foundation for the Blind have, you know, different materials that might, that might be useful, but... I think as a job seeker, um, you know, like it or not, we do have to go that extra step and really show what we can do. And I remember uh, nine years ago when I interviewed with my management consulting firm, they'd never seen a blind person really before. And they, they were great. They were friendly. But then they started asking me questions about, 
how do you manage uh, PowerPoint documents and how do you, and I thought, you know, at first, you know, the hair kind of stands up on the back of your neck and you're like, oh, here we go. Like, they're looking for a way to weed me out, right? Because there's, but you answer honestly and you say, hey, I've got right here, I have my laptop and it has a, a screen mirror called JAWS on it. And here are the things that, you know, that I can do with it. We can format documents, we can da 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 da, or, you know, because at the time I didn't have IRA. Um, but that's just showing the tools in your toolbox and being, being prepared um, for that. And, you know, if you, if you have, you know, if you're still acquiring those skills, you know, that is, that is something else. But just being prepared and knowing, you know, IRA is one tool in your toolbox to, to help you with your, with your job search and to gain confidence. Right, and I think it would be an incredible tool in the toolbox. Um, yeah. The reason I ask, actually, is because I was interviewing with Amazon for a position that I was beyond qualified for, and we went through all of those things, screen readers, and how do you do that, how would you do this, and how would you do that, and I didn't really know of IRA at the time, so I mentioned another eyes application, and there was immediate blowback. Um, there was also blowback when I had said, you know, that I would have an orientation and mobility specialist come in to help me in the very beginning um, and with the proprietary and, and all those wonderful words that you're given and so the whole point that IRA is, is um, you know very secure based being able to sell that to an employer would be you know a huge tool in the box yeah. um, and then my second question was if you actually get a job using IRA as a huge tool in your toolbox can you then offer um, the prospective employer, you know, that that level of all through the training and all through the probation period, I have this secondary tool to make sure that I can give you the best skills, mm -hmm. you know, the best of my skills and wheel and what's in my wheelhouse. So uh, one of the things that um, a couple answers. One, one of the things that I would very much like to see. You didn't ask it directly this way, but I would very much like to see vocational rehabilitation take up more interest in IRA for exactly that purpose, for the, that transition period, that 90-day, whatever it is, that is oh so critical uh, to getting off to a good start and getting things right and making sure uh, that you've got the access you need to, to all facets of the information. Because there's so many things that happen right up front, and if a failure is going to occur, it often occurs right then because there's, there's so many things that weren't, the accommodations weren't ready. Uh, the answers weren't there. So the other thing I would say about IRA, and I think we should put this on the table, there are some honest challenges, right, to using a third-party access point uh, for information. Now, this isn't the first time this has ever happened. Um, interpreting, for example, sign language interpreting is frequently provided uh, remotely and by a third-party cap uh, 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 captioning as well. Meeting captioning and discussion and uh, uh, conversation captioning is often done through a third party, so someone outside of the site. And so this is, while IRA is novel in terms of accessing visual information, it is not a novel concept to have this third party. Nonetheless, many employers, certainly government agencies, have been very skeptical, very concerned about proprietary information. There are a couple of departments in government, I, I always marvel, right, when I go into federal buildings, they're like so secure, and you, and you can go into Congress with virtually, you know, walk through a metal detector, you know, really nothing else. And I'm thinking, who really wants anything out of these federal buildings? I'm sorry, guys, but you're just not that important. Uh, and so, 
But nonetheless, uh, they're worried about, I was like, what proprietary information do you possibly have um, that anyone in the world would, would care about? Uh, but they do, and, and, and I'm not really making, I'm making light of it a little bit, but I know it's a serious issue, and I know it's a serious concern, and I know that agencies, be they government or uh, private, are concerned about their information, about the flow, and, and, and all of that. And so there, we don't have a great answer to that. We have partial answers to that. We do have all the background checks and the confidentiality that I mentioned and the, no, you know, the clear uh, fact that uh, the information does not remain with the agent uh, beyond the session. But still, uh, let's be honest, it's open to a third party that is not under the control of that agency is not somebody that they can vet coming in and out or even do a security check on themselves. And so, uh, as they might with a reader, although frequently my understanding is they actually don't. And same for, for interpreters who are physically there. So, um, did you want to make, do you want to add something to that? Is that Sue? Yeah. Um, we'll get you the microphone back because I, I, I know this was something I'm sure that has come up in your conversations too. Um, so, I know that's an honest issue. I, IRA has taken steps, but we we have not we do not have that final step of having a completely secure vetted agent room strategy, which we might do. We're not we're not opposed to coming up with that solution or some other solution for a very highly secure workplace setting. And I would like to see us get there because I do think that's going to be important to a lot of employers. Paul, it, it's let me it's, let me ask Sue to make a quick point, and then we'll get get you the microphone back. So I work for the federal government, and um, and it's true. You, you know, you may have to go through. You usually have to go through screening to get in. Um, two points: all of the readers I know that, that people have used um, are contractors, so they work for a third company, and I, you know, it, you know, different names of, of different consulting companies. They provide services to the federal government, including things like support staff, like readers. So that reader is going to be a contractor. Okay, that contractor probably has the same requirements as IRA, um, you know, and, and I think IRA, uh, my experience with IRA assistants, uh, that they're much more highly qualified. I mean, readers can be quite variable. Um, you're lucky if you get in the legal context someone who's, who's got a fair amount of experience in a legal setting. But my point is, is that they're, they're contracted services. Um, you may have your bag checked when you go in. Nobody checks anything when you walk out of, <laughs> you know, of, a, of the federal agencies I've worked in or any of the buildings I've been. You, you get checked going in, going out. It's, it's just trusted. We're, unless uh, we're at a higher level with security clearances, it's, it's considered trusted confidential. That, that's the status. And uh, so, of course, you wouldn't share any of that information or anything like that. Um, but I, I can't imagine, unless you have a higher security clearance, that, that there would be a problem. And, um, you know, so just add that. Thanks. Um, I, I think the gentleman had one quick comment, and then yeah, I want to go to others else. who haven't had a chance to um, speak. Did you have something else to add? Yeah, actually, just a follow-up that I wanted to... I'm sorry. The follow-up that I wanted to say to all that is, I, I understand the security clearance portions of it, and you can sell yourself around that, but to my, to my initial statement, using IRA as a tool in your toolbox to sell yourself and your own skills in wheelhouse, 
to be able to demonstrate it quickly is one thing, but to have a portion of the website that says we are committed to this, 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 and this, and to bring it up for that, you know, for that prospective employer right there as to what it could be. Got it. That you is, know, I think good, that would be huge advice. because I'm sorry, just, I'm just going to finish because yeah, yeah. coming in from interviewing as a sighted person for all my life and then the last year and a half coming in this way, I'm seeing over and over and over again the already set stereotypes and the already set ideas of what we can and can't do and who we can and can't be. And, oh, my God, it's going to take you three times as long to learn everything. No, it's not. And these are the reasons why. And if you had something, a bullet point kind of section for us to go to right here and there, and maybe even with a couple of testimonials yeah. from someone like Sue, um, that would be a huge selling point for, for people that like is, me. And that is excellent. 70% of us that, that really want to work. Yep. No, excellent point, and thank you. We will take that back. It's, 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 that's a good, clear, actionable thing we can do. Um, other comments, questions, contributions? We've got a couple up front here. Okay. Uh, give us your name, please. Hi, um, I'm Esther Levinall from Waterbury, Connecticut, and um, I have a funny little Ira story. <laughs> I have a little bird, and he's a cockatiel, and he, I put a ladder in front of his cage, and he climbs down, and he loves to play with things with buttons. So I have this old remote control that he loves to play with, and he chirps at it, whistles at it, and whatever. Well, anyway, I was out, I, I brought him out. I have this uh, room that, you know, I take him out, and I just want to give him different little scenery. So I, what I do is I put a tablecloth down on the, on the rug so that I could hear his little feet going around. So this one day, um, he was out, and... Um, and I was going to bring him back in, and I decided to roll up the tablecloth and shake it out. I opened the window and shook it out, and all of a sudden, boom! I hear the remote control fall on the, on the ground. And, of course, I go out, and I can't find it. I am using my cane. I'm doing this and doing that. So I decided to call Ira, and they helped me find the remote control. And I just, you know, that was the, one, the funniest thing I ever did. But I also used it, you know, when I, I got off a train to go visit friends in New Rochelle, New York. I used it um, to get, you know, airplanes, to, you know, go to uh, my, the baggage. Or, but I just think it's a whole game changer, and I absolutely love it. That's great. I and was that's really, my story, and I'm really sticking to it. I was really it was the cockatiel that was going to go off. <laughs> I was really worried. <laughs> All right. Other, I think we had somebody else in the front. Hello, my name is Barbara Lombardi and from Shelton, Connecticut. I'm retired now and I started volunteering at this uh, anti-poverty agency called TEAM, Technology, uh, Education and Manpower. And one of the things that I was charged to do by my supervisor was to, uh, I, I work in the elderly services department and we were doing surveys and um, uh, I was to do, take data 
that they had for me and put it into SurveyMonkey. Well, unfortunately, the data uh, was handwritten. So what I did was uh, uh, email, uh, we, we scanned it, and it was emailed to the agent. And for several weeks, because these were a lot of people that we had a survey, uh, the agent would, uh, you know, I've had, of course, different agents read me each, you know, the question would be, let's say I left off at question number 23, and we'd, and, and they would, would put it in my notes in my folder so we'd know where to start. And um, all that was, so then I would type up those notes and put it into SurveyMonkey. And I'll tell you what, it was quite a task, but... Uh, it was one of the best uh, uses, really, of IRA that uh, uh, was really tantamount to, um, you know, really doing something and showing the agency that this, you know, uh, could still be done regardless of the fact that, you know, it was all handwritten. Well, and, that is awesome, and I love to hear volunteer stories because we don't hear enough of those. So kudos to you for continuing, continuing to find ways to contribute and thank make you. things better. And I love the way you used Ira in that, uh, in that story, so please keep doing it. And, you know, no reason not, uh, they may or may not do it, but no reason not to ask. If you're a volunteer somewhere, perhaps that, ag that agency, that entity would pick up uh, some of the minutes, the cost of Ira, knowing that you're making a good contribution to them, and you're not uh, you're not taking pay, but, uh, but but that Ira is allowing you to have a greater level of independence. Did we have anyone else, um, Mike, with the with the mic? With we have, the, we have a few more questions. All right, I know yeah. I want to I want to yield some time for Rebecca before we finish, and so we'll take another question or two. Hi, I've just uh, gotten my Horizon kit, and I'm using. Ira again after trying trying it in free access points in airports, uh, Indianapolis, Montana, Chicago. That's all worked well. I've just used it at home, uh, helping file personal documents like with uh, sensitive information. So I appreciated the, the confidentiality of, of the product. Um, one of the things that I was really keen about Ira was the hands-free capability so that I could be um, walking through an airport and holding my luggage and my cane and using Ira um, so I was looking forward to the Horizon classes, but my experience so far has been that there's a lot of connection dropouts, and I've ended up having to fall back on my phone uh, and, and not use the glasses. I'm wondering if what's the um, what's the plan for improving those, and is it is there a possibility of changing? Is it maybe because it's using AT&T and Maybe Verizon in my area is a better choice. Is it possible to choose and change providers? Yeah, so um, he's mentioning Horizon, which we haven't talked too much about, but that's the piece of hardware that Ira has developed. It is a combo of, of glasses cabled, tethered uh, via cable to a cell phone, and that cell phone is the Ira control phone. Uh, all it does is access Ira. That's what it's designed for. It is a cell phone, and the 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 sort of the Achilles heel heel for Ira is the is cell service and cell connectivity, um, which you know is isn't always great in every part of the country we know, and in certain kinds of settings, some of the indoor settings. If you um, would either come to the booth or you can certainly call Ira. By the way, that's eight hundred eight three five one nine three four. Um, you can talk about possibly getting a different uh, phone. So in, if you have an AT&T Horizon phone, we could potentially set you up with a Verizon, a Verizon Horizon, 
um, phone if that would work better in the areas where you're going to be using it. So we do have that kind of flexibility with the uh, using the Horizon equipment. We, 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 we use AT&T, it's our partner and that's our preference, but we can set you up with other phones if, uh, if, this, if your area or the connectivity where you need it would be better. I think I've got, I've got two more questions. All right, we'll do them quick. Hi, this is Steve from Hartford. Um, what, uh, are you guys HIPAA compliant? Because I... No. Okay. No, it's something we've talked about. We might do, uh, but not, not currently, unfortunately. Recall, though, if you're using IRA to access your records in your setting, obviously, that's, that's on you. It's your, you can access records any way you want to. Um, and so, in that case, you don't need to worry about it. But obviously, if you want to work in a health setting where HIPAA is required for everybody who touches the information, which is common, then no, we don't. Other questions? Got one more here. Hi, this is uh, Ann Brash from um, LaGrange, Illinois. I have a, uh, a, a sort of a unique problem and a quick question. I love IRA. I, I've been practicing a lot with the hotel, and, and they're wonderful. I somehow, and, and one of you guys mentioned it, uh, that we've been doing things so long in our lives that uh, I almost feel guilty when I call IRA and I have to get over that because I I know they're being paid and I know it's a job for them but it's hard for me as a blind person to ask for help and not feel like I'm putting somebody out and secondly I just wanted to know does IRA have uh, hours because like I have to uh, uh, MC a a workshop at uh, a breakfast at 7 o'clock on Wednesday morning and over in the Hyatt, and I don't know how to get over there. Yes, we're 24-7 for agents. Our care hours are, I think it's 6 to 6 Pacific time, uh, to reach somebody in care with a, with a technical issue, but our, um, our agents are 24-7. And let me take this moment to ask Rebecca, who I think was going to ask well, about, I, make a point. I was going to... Oh, oh thank you. So two quick things, and to your point, um, to your first point, I actually, you're right, I forget that I have IRA, and so I don't often think to call, but I personally feel a lot less guilty about asking a paid agent than I do, like, my neighbor, right? So just remembering that, hey, these people are getting, they're getting paid to do this, they're trained too, which is also far more helpful than some of the other things that are out there, where, like, People don't know how to describe things, or they don't know, you know, exactly how to handle blind people and their, you know, questions and things. So that's one thing to keep in mind. I feel far less guilty calling Ira than I do, like, going over to my neighbor's house and saying, I think I have the blue screen of death on my computer. Can you come over and look at it for me? So, like, you know, that's just one thing. Before we close, I was just going to ask Paul, could you... If there are individuals in the room who would like to request IRA as an accommodation, what is the process of doing that, either you know, working in tandem with their employer, or how would they go about doing that? I don't think that's something we've discussed yet. Good question. So I would be happy to serve as a, as a point of contact, and my email is paul at aira.io. You could also speak with Marty or Robin, who are here, uh, and at the, uh, really anyone at the Ira booth while you're here. But for longer term, how to do that, we do have an employer section on the website. Um, 
And I'm trying to remember if there's a comment link there, ira.io slash employment. Um, I hope so. And if there's not, we'll put one um, so that you can make that kind of request. Um, and we, we, we do get this. I mean, we actually put this in one of our more recent Explorer surveys, uh, asking people if they were interested in or have, have requested IRA as an accommodation, and are they interested in making that request? And is there something we could do to support making that request to an employer? Um, so a lot of what we talked about today are the kinds of things we would talk about. I think we had some very good, uh, a couple of very good ideas of things that we could do to improve information on our side so that people have something to point to, to link to, to say this is the answer uh, to some of the questions you might have about IRA as an employer, including, you know, a quick, good, quick, brief description of how it can work in the workplace. So we'll certainly work on that and try to get a, uh, make sure that there's a clear place on the website to request support or assistance um, that you can use yourself or share with others and share with your affiliates. Also, um, something I, I forgot, but you know, bears mentioning just in case you're interested. Um, if you do want to set up an app, uh, an IRA account, um, we will also, if you want us to, donate $10 to the ACB affiliate of your choice. Um, so all you need to do is to <laughs> um, get the app. Uh, download it and then go on to ira.io slash ACB. So AIRA.io slash ACB. And in there you can um, put your, you know, your name, email, phone, all the things we'll get from your app, um, and then designate an affiliate uh, that you would like IRA to make a $10 contribution to. It comes out of our funds, uh, whether or not you ever sign up for an account. I mean, you have to get the app and download it and get ready. Uh, but if you decide you don't want an account, that's okay. We'll still contribute the 10 bucks uh, if, you, if you go through that process. So that's good through the end of July, I think. Uh, and we'd encourage you to do that. It's another way in which we're trying to, you know, demonstrate our partnership uh, with, with ACB, which is really important. Remember, Suman is speaking tonight. You'll get a chance to hear him. We've got another session tomorrow at 4.15 in this room on Access. And then Monday, the Explorer Party over in the Riverside Lounge at 6 o'clock. Thanks, guys. Oh, closing session. Sorry, for anybody who was doing continuing, I don't know if anybody was, but um, 7915F, as in Frank. 7915F, as in Frank. Okay, thanks.